0: Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond, with your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen.
1: Today, we're excited to welcome to the show Beta bay club coach and volleyball analytics expert, Chad Gordon. Chad, thanks for joining us.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. I mean, you guys, this is an awesome show, and you guys have been doing great work for a long time, so it's really cool to be with you guys tonight.
1: Well, we appreciate you joining us and I wanted to, um, you know, first introduce people who don't know about your your great blog with the great name, Volley Dork, uh, you know, and I think the idea is to challenge the game or the way the game has been traditionally viewed. Is there, you know, maybe a topic or a post that you recommend, you know, someone who doesn't know about it to go check out if they want to dive into it?
2: Yeah, I was thinking about it. I mean, I think the, I mean, they are numerically ordered for some to some extent, but, uh, step, step six is, um, you know, if he's, if he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? Um, you know, obviously kind of poaching for the money ball theme, but I really like that one just because it's, it's kind of looking at attacking. Um, and I think we see the, the obvious part of attacking the kills, the errors, all the terminal stuff, but then kind of beneath the surface, the other half of attacking, we really don't talk about that much. And I think it dives into some of the the zeros and and how all, all zeros are not kind of created equal. Uh, mm. So I, I really enjoy that one.
1: Cool. Well, I hope people check it out. Um, that is a good one. I've, I've got to go through a number of them. So there's a lot of great stuff to learn, I think, from, from the posts you have. And we'll dive deep into a lot of it uh, with these episodes we put out. So start out just, you, you know, you told me kind of one of your goals of this is to look at the game objectively. So what do you think some of the first steps are towards being more objective?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think letting the data help inform uh, what's valuable. Right. And so you look at something like a a passer rating and we've been using three point, four point scales for probably decades at this point. And, you know, some people are doing it a little bit differently. Some people are, you know, hey, it's got to be three option, two option, one option. Some people are like, no, it's got to be on this exact point. Um, And I I think just removing some of that subjectivity from the game. And I think Giuseppe and volumetrics has really kind of revolutionized that uh, the way that they kind of standardize a lot of the coding um and and just moving away from people having to make a decision about hey this is good or bad and migrating the game to saying hey look the ball was passed here here's how many blockers hey this is how difficult the situation really is because the data in the aggregate tells us the efficiencies that people hit off of x y and z nice yeah some of your your
0: some of their post tackle passing, hitting efficiency and all that, I guess, to go more on that passing side, can you take us through, I guess, the flaws you see with that traditional three-point scoring system?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest roadblock with a three-point scale is that it assumes that each rating is equidistant from the next, right? A three to a two is the same as dropping from a two to a one, one to a zero. And I mean, I think if you ask any coach, you'd be like, Hey, look, like, do you want the guy who's passing? five threes and five zeros or the kid who's out there passing five twos and five ones. And, and just with the eye test, you can see like, wait, getting ace is actually a huge issue because at least if I have a one option pass, I can get around it. I can chuck it high to somebody, and maybe make a good play on it. Um, And so that's, that's the biggest issue is that zeros are really, really bad. Getting aces really bad, but threes and twos are actually pretty much the same Um, especially you get to higher levels. Um, you could run the quick, you can run the big, you can really be in system from 10, 12 feet at the highest level. So you might be hitting 300 on a three, but you might be hitting like 270, 280, which at the end of the day really isn't that different. Um, and so getting away from that kind of pass rating scale and, and getting them into the appropriate scales of how, how they should actually be valued, I think is, is the direction to go on some of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, how should they be valued? What's a more accurate way to measure service receive?
2: Yeah, we, we looked at something uh, called expected side out. Um, this isn't really a, a novel idea or anything, but it's just the concept of how well do you hit on a three? How well do you hit on a two? How well do you hit on a one? And then obviously a zero, you, you lost. Um, and so using something like an expected side out, maybe that three pass, you're hitting 250, two ball, you're hitting 200, one, you're hitting like, I don't know, 050. And then zero, if you get ace, that's actually negative one. Like you've, hit a negative 1000, essentially. And so when you do it that way, you kind of assign the appropriate value to each contact in terms of what it's worth in terms of winning and losing the rally. Um, and I think that's a much more accurate way um, to assess serve receive, but also just to avoid poor passers being able to hide by, hey, look, you know, yeah, I had a couple couple shanks and I, I got ace a couple times, but you know, when you count it as a zero, it's really not that far from a one, right? But when you start getting aced a lot, when it's worth negative one, and you're only getting plus 0.3, plus 0.2 for good balls, you can see that that's actually a huge drop. And that really hurts you.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's, um, yeah, like you said, a more objective way to look at things. And I think it's going to help players uh, understand or ha- help coaches understand, um, you know, who their accurate passers are. But I guess w- what do you do from a training perspective with this information? Like how would, how would practice look different? You know, you know, knowing with this grading system.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Um, actually, I joke with my buddy, Eduardo out of Colorado. Uh, it's really just like, don't get aced. Like, and it's, it's, I don't think that's revolutionary. I don't think anybody's like, yeah, like let's go out there and like not get aced today, guys. You know, that's not really, you know, mind blowing. Um, but I think it helps kind of evaluate your passers and, you know, when you're in the gym, you've got maybe like, you know, you get to the college levels, you got maybe what, four or five, six DS kids. Hey, look, how, how good are all these guys? And, and, and what's the differentiation between them? Um, and then using that a little bit more objectively, I think you can come to a better decision on, Hey, Susie's really, really solid. She's never like great, but she really doesn't get aced and you might have whatever Sally, Hey, she's the one, like, super dramatic passer. There's a lot going on. There's a big flourish, and it looks really cool. And three out of four are perfect. But then she gets aced because her her technique is so poor that, you know, statistically, hey, maybe she's not the appropriate choice to, to actually put on the floor.
1: So have you found any, I don't know, any games, any activities, any focuses that help limit acing for
2: Yeah. Say Sally out there. Yeah. Just can't take Sally anywhere. (laughs) No, I mean, I honestly, I think GMS does a really good job of some of this stuff. Um, you know, trying to keep the pass a couple feet off the net where, Hey, you're not going to overpass because even if you do have that kind of standard deviation where you do put a little bit too much juice on it, it's still right at the net. Um, honestly, we're really just talking about being good consistently. You know, we're not aiming to be perfect. And we don't, you know, we talked a lot about it with our, our club guys at Beta Bay of just like we don't need we don't need a hundred percent perfection. We just got to be good a lot. Um and because we're trying to avoid a negative, personally, I don't really like the idea of like, hey, like again, Sally, like don't get Ace today, like have a great night. Um, so we really just talk about being good rather than avoiding bad. Like it.
0: What do you think coaches overvalue when it comes to serve receive, and what do they undervalue?
2: Yeah, I think this kind of circles back to to the Moneyball stuff. You know that that scene where they're all kind of in the room and they're talking about Fabio and like, oh, well his girlfriend's a four, he's got no confidence, but you know sounds great on the, off his bat, or like all that kind of stuff. You know, you might have kids that again look really good, or they look technically sound, or they have this kind of dramatic flourish where it looks like they're putting a lot of effort into it, right? You guys probably coach kids where, for some reason, you know, it's kind of like that Dan kind of stuff. It's like always on the floor, like at the <laughs> lowest point, like making it look really tough. And it's just like what, like I, I don't, I don't need any of that. Like just stand there, put your shoulders forward, and just play a good ball. And I think it's tough sometimes for coaches. Like you want to think that you know, in this example, Fabio, you know, hey, five tools guy good looking girlfriend, great hair, a lot of confidence, all that. He looks like a good ball player, but you know, just because you look good doesn't mean, you know, statistically it's, it's, it's what's going to hold water. Um, and so that's where I really like the objectivity of, of using something like an expected value and expected side out. You, you made Billy's day giving a yeah, damn yeah. kind of shot out there.
0: Well, John was uh... man.
2: the kids, I, the kids <laughs> I coach don't know it anymore. It's so yeah. bad. I miss it.
0: Yeah. We were, we were too early. John was big on rolling out after he passed. So that's not a good uh, technique.
1: <laughs> rolling out. What does that mean? You like, pass uh, it like, like, like a little barrel roll.
0: Yeah, you barrel roll out of it. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. No. I would have hurt myself <laughs> out of that.
2: Well, you see, you see the guys internationally. I went to a Pepperdine camp and I remember Marv teaching. It was like, yeah, like take contact and then like fall on your back. And I'm like, I, I, maybe if you're like getting hit by like a Leon server, you know, whatever, yeah. Anders is out there cranking some spin at you, but. Not I, mean, I don't know. Not at Seventeen's Club volleyball on the boys' side for sure. Yeah, Just stand still. It's about it.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned uh, money ball a couple of times, and it's so good. And yeah, it's that great blog you have. Um, what you know, the, the line of if he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? What's the yeah? What is the passing version of that? Like what? What is it that you know maybe might throw a coach off? Like that might make someone think they're a good passer, but they actually aren't.
2: Yeah, I mean. Again, I I think it just comes back to like, you know, trusting your eyes versus like just looking at the numbers. Yeah. Um, You sometimes you want to think that these guys are good and and you want to think because they're working hard or because it looks good. Like, you know, you might have a really good looking technical passer, but one out of two, it's just hitting them weird. Like the touch is bad, or just one out of three, they're going over by two feet. And yeah, you're right there. But, you know, throwing up an overpass is really detrimental to your ability to side out, right? Uh, Same thing with getting ace. It's really hard to side out after you've gotten ace. So I I think it's just people getting away from what they want and and kind of what they maybe have expectations on and, and just being okay, being like, hey, look, like every time Susie passes, using some expected side out, some expected value stuff, hey, our team is expected to side out at You know, 70%, 72%. We're expected to hit in first ball a higher rate than Bobby, who's on this team, I guess, too. But, um, you know, is maybe getting ace a little bit more. uh, And, hey, we're going to side out a little bit less with Bobby.
0: So moving into hitting, um, (laughs) do you see any – can you take us through some flaws you see in our current attack efficiency system?
2: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think attacking and attacking efficiency is actually really – good for telling you kind of what happened um you know just looking at the data it's really hard to lose a set if you attacked at a higher clip than your opponent um and it's it's not 100 percent, but it's it's a really good barometer for who's gonna who won that set but on on the other hand i mean The problem with attacking is kind of this, this other 50% that kind of lives. It's like the dark side of the moon, right? Where it's just, you know, is your outside out there snapping roll shots to the libero or are they recycling the ball off the hands, creating another attack opportunity for your team or, you know, is he banging it hard at the setter creating an out of system swing? Hey, we've got six hands now in a triple block. That's going to create a better opportunity coming back. Um, Right now, all those are counted to zeros, right? And I think any coach would agree, hey, hitting you know, a, a high ball against a Penn State or Texas triple block, okay, that's objectively harder than a middle on a front one, one-on-one after a perfect pass, right? But right now, I mean, we don't really understand the, the nuances of that and everything just gets treated the same. Um, so I think being able to dive a little bit deeper into the zeros and a little bit deeper into the context uh, of, of the situation the attacker's in has, has a lot of value potentially.
0: And, and how would you go about doing that? Do you have a suggestion on how you would measure it taking in the, that context?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, again, you know, listening to some of the stuff that Joe, Joe Trinzi's put out and, and GMS has, has done some stuff as well. You know, the simple thing is just split it into in system and out of system. Right, where in system, your expectations probably a little bit higher. Hey, I'm hitting 350, 400 on a pretty good team. Hey, out of system, I'm hitting maybe 150, 200. How am I doing relative to those numbers? Um, and obviously, you can calculate that for your own squad. But if, if you're in the college ranks or you know, even you guys on the beach, right, you know, you guys have volley metrics, you guys have you guys have Tyler down there coding stuff for you in Cancun right now. You know, you get attack plus, attack minus, right? Like attack plus was basically. Did you make it tough for the defender to, uh, defensive team to, to get a good, good attack, or did you recycle it off the hands attack minus being like, did you just kind of put it in bounds and is the opponent not coming back at you strong in transition? And, and just using some volumetrics or some data volley stuff that most larger programs would have access to, you could, you could find that, Hey, on an attack, plus that actually has a positive value for the attacker, right? Because you've recycled the ball, put the opponent in a really bad situation. And hey, attack minus, you're actually in a bad spot because now they're in system. They've got a good two, three attackers coming at you. And and just when you do the math on some of that stuff, that ends up being maybe like a three or 400 point swing uh, between those two, right? Where maybe it's positive 100 for you to recycle and, and keep the ball. Versus like giving giving a free ball or getting dug by the libero, now you're kind of like negative three hundred, right? The other team's gonna hit three hundred coming back at you, right? So that gap between the two possibilities is is certainly non-zero, and and on one swing maybe isn't a huge deal, but you take fifty swings in a match, that's that's a big difference.
1: Yeah, I like the way you frame that. So then what like what would a kill be on that scale, and what would an error be?
2: So kills and errors are really nice because they're super easy. Um, yeah. The the scale that you translate it to is just negative one to plus one. Uh, so a kill is is still plus one. Okay. An error is still negative one, right? But now you're allowing for some gray in between where everything's not just zero. So if you're, hey, I'm over here on a kill, I'm at plus one. But if I recycle the ball, and I give us another in system situation, maybe that's plus three hundred because I'm gonna I'm gonna score, I'm gonna hit three hundred on average in transition on a perfect. Cutter. Right? Or, hey, I tipped it, I poked it to the libero. Okay, well, they're going to hit 200 at me. So that's really negative 200 from my standpoint. Well, it's a 500 point gap, right? And I mean, if you had an outside on your high school team who was hitting 500 points lower than somebody else, like you would yank Sally immediately, right? Like, so I think when you look at it, and you, you really start to incorporate all those non-terminal attacks you get a much clearer sense of where points are being won and lost and where good situations are swinging momentum for, for, uh, for a team.
1: Yeah. I really like that. And such a, such a great way to view the game and to, to try to, again, objectively evaluate your players and see who makes the most sense to have on the court. So then I'm curious again, like from a training perspective, you know, how do you, how do you implement it? How do you, you know, get players to buy into You know some of these things that are important recycling off the block or um you know avoiding the libero
2: yeah uh it's an uphill battle in my experience (laughs) um i think the first step is is just being really clear about it of like hey what's the absolute best thing that could happen okay we score okay what's like the worst thing okay like you hit it out of bounds all right well there are like three or four other things and and we just kind of laid it out on a scale of like wow like we would much rather attack again than give the ball to the opponent, right? It's kind of like basketball or football. It's just like really hard to score without the ball um, just because blocking is, you know, such a small piece of the points. So we really want to retain possession and, you know, depending on maybe the level that conversation is a little bit different. Um, But when you get into a practice setting, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we talk about in practice is, is really making good decisions with the volleyball and, Hey, you don't have a swing that you like. Okay. Can you put it into the hands and can we cover you? And can we go again? Uh, okay. You can't do that. Okay. Can we smash it really hard into a big piece of the court and try and create an out of opportunity or, or something on the other side. And then, Hey, like the absolute worst thing, like if you can't do any of those, like you might as well just hit it out. Like that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. So we're really on our guys to, to be smart with a volleyball. Um, you know, we were trying to, we were trying to, I was trying to be clever, but I'm, I'm not. And so we were like, all right, I'm going to call it like, what's like a weird looking animal, like just something gross that you wouldn't want to see out there on the court. And so we were like, all right, walrus. So with the big tusks and the whiskers. And so like, I'd have a guy like hit a bet, like would get a bad set and he would just kind of chip it cross court. I'd be like walrus like the, parents are just like I don't know what this means like what are we paying this coach for this is so stupid but I don't I don't know that it works or anything like that I I have a good time doing it at least so at least I feel better but yeah it's it's tough and I I think it's a repetitive process to to call attention to it to to ask players what they saw to see if you can help help them see what could have been and and really reward them when they do make great great uh great decisions and a lot of our out-of-system work right now is, you know, it stems from watching a lot of college women's volleyball. Of just like, okay, it's a tip to the setter. It's, you know, a pass to 15 feet. It's a libero set that's, you know, eight by eight somehow. Okay, it's a dig by the libero. The other team's in system and they run the slide and they score in system. And it's just like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so we're, we're stealing from some of the international guys right now. Like we're going a little bit higher, a little bit tighter, trying to initiate contact off the block. Maybe we get the joust and a swipe. Maybe we can kind of hit an easy roll. We get it back, and we can go fast the other way. Mm. Um, but it's it's certainly easier said than done.
1: Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the walrus. I think Billy is the walrus, right? Is that right?
0: <laughs> I'm the Eggman, John.
1: You're the Eggman.
2: Yeah. Uh, I like the walrus. Supposed to know these things, apparently. yeah. But I mean, like, a dude, yeah. Well, you you walk Karen uh, Bula, right? You know, yeah. he's doing all this all this cool stuff. And, you know, he just gets one of those fast ones and hands in front of him. He just pokes it fast, plays it and like just runs behind. Yeah. Right. I think Christian and, and honors do kind of the same thing. They get these cover yeah. balls and they're just like, bye, I'm going this way. Reverse bump set quick. Um, yeah. But man, like it's, it's not easy to just pull that rabbit out of the hat. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's cool to see that creativity. So uh, I'm wondering, do you, where do you fall in line with like, uh, okay, this girl's getting aced you know, or yeah. So let's say she's getting aced a lot. Do you go, do you go at all to like movement? Like, Oh, we've got to change this in her technique and get her to, you know, look more like a passer or do you go just more externally goal focused? Like, you know, we've just got to get her aware of the problem to solve. Like let's get her to, you know, limit aces or, or, you know, pass the ball so her setter can setter. Um, or, or do you do a little bit of both?
2: Yeah. I think it probably depends on the level of the player. Um, you know, the team that I'm coaching right now, I had them, this is my third year with them. So when we were 15, it was like, okay, we need to teach you guys kind of the the technical piece of passing. And okay, all we want is shoulders stay forward. And 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 really just let the angles kind of do the work, right? Kind of, again, very, very GMS in that sense. Mm. Um, these days, the guys, they, they know kind of the technical side, right? And so you know, if they need something, it's more just like, hey, just like find a way to keep that ball in front of you, you know, because they're getting hit higher, they're getting hit behind them or, or something like that. Um, so I, I really think it kind of depends on the level of the athlete that you're working with. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I like I'd like to think we're at a point where it's a little bit more just like, hey, like, let's, let's just keep it in front of us and, and put up a good two ball and, and we'll side out. And that's, mm. and that's about it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some fluidity in, in that in that coaching for sure i think yeah
1: i like it so we we're going to talk a little bit about the um something else you mentioned in one of your blogs the idea of universal uh, universal language for stats um and how volleyball really struggles to have this universal language we have point scoring for serving side out for receiving passer rating for serve receive uh can you take us through what you would put in place of all these
2: yeah so the the issue right now is, is because it's so disjointed, it's very difficult to, to see the flow of, of a point or of a rally, right? Much like you would maybe in tennis, of uh, you kind of see who has the upper hand or like ping pong or something like that, where it's like, oh, this, he's got them on the ropes kind of thing. And, and what we're talking about here is if you could create kind of an expected value for every contact in the rally, right? And, and so there's an expectation before you go back and serve, right? There's an expected value of a pass, of a set, of an attack. And and really what we want to do is is get into a single unit. And really the currency of the game is points at the end of the day. And so if we can get everything into points, then we can apply it broadly, right? Across across all skills, you know, keep it fluid throughout a rally. And what we really get into is something called a, a point win probability right? Um, Very similar to win probability charts you guys might have seen for like the NBA or NFL, you know, hey, the, I don't know, the the Warriors, you know, they're up big and then, okay, you know, Atlanta comes on this run and win probability tanks and they end up losing or something like that. We're talking about doing something like that on a a per rally basis where, hey, okay, you're receiving this ball. Okay. You're already at an advantage, right? I might be at a 60 65% 65% chance to win the rally when I received, okay, good. It's a great pass. Okay. I'm now at a 68%. Okay. It's a good set. I'm at a 70% because it's a one-on-one to the outside. Uh, hey, they scored, right? So I went from 70% to hundred percent. And this way, because we're all using the same unit of measurement, we can assign credit within the rally of point win probability added or an expected value added. For all of these touches, or or detracted essentially, um, and we can kind of evaluate how everybody affects the rally um, by using the single uh, single currency.
1: Yeah, I love the I love the currency. What what are the, like I guess what are some of the issues with you know just something like simple like points going for serving? Like, what are the flaws there? Like, why why not continue that sort of system?
2: Yeah, it was funny uh, when I was. Of Illinois Hamble and I, we had long talks about point scoring inside out. We're just like, you're a relic of the past. Like these are old statistics from when you were playing side out, and all these things really mattered. And, and my issue with a lot of these is that they, they really encompass a lot of the rally, right? Like the serve itself is not the end all, be all of point scoring, right? Um, you know, it could be an underhand crap serve, but you know, if they pass set and then hit it out of bounds, well plus one in the point scoring category for me. Right. So that doesn't make a lot of sense and kind of the same with side out. And I I understand that you could, you could look at like first ball side out or something like that. But even that is, you know, if I want to use first ball side out for a passer, right. And if if Billy's passing just nails and, and no offense, John, like you're swinging balls and you're just, into the wind and you're just all over the map and you're into the net and you're under whatever, poking it out of bounds. Keep it going. So Billy's right. nodding like Keep this. It is, going. Yeah, was, yeah. Sorry guys. Twist the knife here. Yeah. Um, but if, if Billy's doing his job and he's passing nails and you're hitting the ball out of bounds, like, well, well then Billy's, you know, first ball side out, you know, as a passer and you know, who's going to give us the best FBSO. Well, Billy's not getting any credit for it. Right. And so that's where you kind of got into an expected, side out of like, hey, Billy's passing nails. We should be in 500 on this first ball. John, you're hitting zero. What the heck, man, right? And and when you can kind of translate that into uh, all of the skills, right, then you can really dive into where are you adding value and where are you detracting value within a rally because everything's in the same units that you don't really have that ability to do so with point score or side out or, or any of these more all-encompassing metrics.
1: Yeah, so with, um, and I thought again of like money ball, it seems like one of the, I don't know if the right word is expected value, but like walks were undervalued. Is there one of these expected values you mentioned that you think is undervalued in volleyball, you know, something like recycling off the block or other things you think we're missing that we should be trying to do more often?
2: Yeah, I think, I think recycling is a really good example. Um, because again, back to the point earlier, like having possession of the ball is really, really huge. Like it's, once you give the ball to the other team, right. It's probably been more, uh, I don't know, more exponentially an issue on the beach, right. Of just like, Hey, like if I can't, if I can't first ball side out, like this, we're, we're going uphill here. And I think what you really want to look for with some of this point win probability or like changes in expected value. And so the larger the change in expected value, uh, the better. And probably the more, I don't know, understated or maybe, you know, kind of glossed over. Mm -hmm. So like recycling, especially out of system where, Hey, out of system, I might be favored to hit, you know, whatever a hundred. Right. But if I can put it into the block, I can cover it perfectly. And then I can run my slide fast. Well, my slides hit in 400. So I went from 100 where I could have, you know, chipped it to the libero and, you know, got us in a really bad spot, but I went from 100 and actually created value and I got us up to 400. Right. So, Hey, John, congrats by recycling. We're going to, we're going to give you that gift of 0.3, basically of a, of a point. It's going to be treated as you hit 300 on that, on that swing because you created that much value for us.
1: Yeah. That's a great example. That's one, I think, especially maybe younger levels, I think all levels, like, you know, they try to avoid the block. Like you don't, it looks bad when you get blocked. Right. So, you know, that's not the first instinct, right. It's to like, you know, Hit over it or, or stay away from it where really you know it's a good chance to help your team by you know using the block
2: yeah i mean and, and and kind of off that you know some of the other big pieces like what we're talking about with getting aced you know hey you're you're in reception you are already favored to win the point they're going to give you the volleyball on the serve here you're at a whatever 65 70 percent chance to win that rally then you got aced that's 70 percent of that point, you just lost by getting aced, right? That's a huge chunk when you kind of look at it visually. Um, and then I think the other thing, the third thing that I've found is really block touches, um, especially in a in solo blocking situation, both for the men and the women collegially. Um, people that are able, even, even factoring in getting tooled, it is so much better to touch the ball on the block in a one-on-one situation than it is to, Hey, I'm just going to take line and you just bang it into the cross. Right. If you can, you know, I think Texas and Kentucky, I don't know if you guys got to watch the uh, championship the other night, really good match, mm-hmm. really smart, really good decision-making by the, by uh, both those teams, really high quality staffs. And, and there's a lot of just dive blocking, right? I mean, it's really just a beach four block. Like that's really all it of just like, you see me over here. Okay. Just kidding. Now I've dove four feet into the angle yeah. And, and you can get a ton of value on that stuff, even just getting great deflections. Um, yeah. And there's a ton of value to be created in that situation.
1: I'm curious then on the other side of it. So if, if uh, recycling something like that is undervalued, is there a play that you see a lot that maybe people are trying to do? That's overvalued. Like we think it's, you know, maybe it's just, cause it looks good or it's uh, for whatever reason, like we emphasize it too much.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, my, my gut says that it's just hitting the ball really hard
1: mm.
2: when you're you're not in a great position to score. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really put a this is it was bugging me for a long time at Illinois, where it's just like, man, everybody plays out of system the same. It's just so vanilla, and nobody's doing it well. Like it's either I've recruited a bigger girl with a bigger arm who can power it through sometimes. Or, or I don't have that, and okay, we're just not going to be very good at a system. But I, I just see so many attacks because they're like, yeah, hit it, you know. You're getting set, you know, uh, you know, five, six feet off the net. It's just so hard to score unless you have a massive cannon. But I think a lot of coaches want to see that. They think that looks right, right? Mm-hmm. It fe- it feels right. You go watch an international match; they're all running it high, and, and you know the guys that are making billions of dollars are smashing the rock but they're they're scoring cuz they're hitting it you know at 100 miles an hour right yeah. but i just I, i've seen so many swings at the collegiate level especially on the women's side that man like the libero's getting paid to just sit there and dig you like what are you doing hitting it right at her it's 70% like it just you're just creating value for the other team by doing that and that's where some of this that's really where the impetus you know kind of comes from for some of this attacking stuff of just there's got to be a better decision to be made there than shipping it at the libero um, yeah
1: yeah. I think I think Billy liked that answer cuz he could never hit hard so yeah, just keep it <laughs> just just tap it in. Uh, all right so, there you go. Yeah, like, he's still he's still playing with uh, with that philosophy.